The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. And welcome along to episode 63 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, 26 April 2010. My name is Edwin Herman. My co host's name is Brett King. Welcome, Brett. Howdy. A not so busy week for you, I understand. No, very dull. I'm pretty happy. I got myself an iPod case, which is great because I have an iPod. Uh huh. And it won't get scratched now. <laughs> it's always a good thing. It is. It is. Hey, we've got a guest this week. Uh, he's, in fact, from right here in Wellington, New Zealand. And he's got an interesting story about intruders in his home, which we're going to find out about very shortly. Welcome to the show, Jake. How's it going? It's nice to have you on the show. It's good awesome. to be here. And uh, I understand you've got this interesting story about uh, finding intruders in your home, but you weren't even home to find them. Well, no, and um, the one on, guy on the 111 call was also surprised when I told him the address. <laughs> And he was like, but I've got a different address for you. Oh, from when you're calling? <laughs> yeah. So you were at work, is that right? I was. I was sitting there at work just working away and I got an email notification and I look over and I got a new email. That someone was in your house? Yeah, well, my motion camera emails me when it sees motion. So it just emails me a picture. Right. So to tell us, talk us through what, you, how, what your setup is. You've, you've obviously got a, a camera in your, in your house somewhere. I've got probably the cheapest camera you can buy. From Tricky Dick. It's just like a, you know, just a Logitech webcam. It's got sunglasses on the front of it because the light makes it, um, makes it bleed out. So Did you say sunglasses? Bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's the coolest um, webcam ever. <laughs> and you've got this uh, software, I understand, that uh, obviously detects motion and then what, notifies you? Or how does that yeah. work? Yeah, well, actually, it's, uh, it's just a little open source program called Motion. Um, I've got it running on my media PC in the lounge and um, it just you can set it up to you know run a script when it sees motion so I just wrote a little script to mail me the, the image So you were sitting at work and you get this email and an image is that right? And yeah well the, the only content of the email is an image Oh right so it emails so, you an image and you look at this image and you can see what a person in your house or I can see a guy's like knees to his neck <laughs> with a on and I kind of see it thinking that, you know, I thought that was my girlfriend. Like, I immediately thought, what's my, what's my partner doing at home? And then I'm like, that's not, that's not a girl, that's, that's a guy. And I was like, I'm getting robbed. <laughs> and he's not very pretty either. No, exactly. He's not very pretty at all. So that's, that was one of the major clues that it wasn't my partner. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's not good to know that he was there, but... Um, <laughs> So you've got this little system uh, set up. You've got Motion, which is a piece yep. of software that basically detects, well, Motion in your in your webcam when it's running, exactly and right. flicks you exactly. an email when when it detects that. And you can be anywhere. And if you when you receive this image, you know someone is in your house. Absolutely. I mean, you can set it up to do anything. I could have set it up to Twitter me or whatever, but you know, I don't have an awesome phone. You know, and so the only the only way to get to me from outside my house is email, really. That's strange coming from a, you're a software developer, I understand, is that right? Yeah, but I literally, I've got the cheapest phone in the world. 
I don't know. I just I haven't got an iPhone or anything like that. I want one, but it's just I just don't want an iPhone. Yeah, right. I just got some. I, I want a little bit more than that. A little bit more than an iPhone. Yeah, I want things like multitasking. Oh, like, you know, <laughs> being able to put my own software on there. Multitasking, Java, Flash, all that cool stuff. But yeah, exactly. Being able to put my own software on it would be awesome because right. I don't really want someone else deciding, you know, what software can go on my phone and not. Well, you can have an Android phone. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's still pretty new. Right. The hardware is only just catching up to the demands of Android operating system, as far as I can tell, and um, that's still pretty expensive. But you know, it, it'll be soon. It'll be soon. Well, who needs a phone when you got email, eh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> email IRC. <laughs> Computer should have stopped ten years ago. <laughs> Did you used to use IRC? Yeah. Oh, you don't. Free, mean, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Mean, you don't meet many people that that use IRC these days. Brett and I used to use IRC a lot back yeah, in the yes, days. Or all the same age. <laughs> yeah. That was that was instant messaging back in the day. I guess. Did you, used to, you don't have to sign up to anything? You just go there. Do you know? Yeah. I, I may have talked to you on IRC, and I shuddered to think. I hope I didn't say anything rude to you. <laughs> did, did you I used, used to, to hang out on Route Six Six Six? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> is that on Fnet? No, that was on. Um, I actually don't know now. No, that was on Undernet. 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 Oh, was Undernet. it on yeah. Undernet? Okay. Yeah, I. I we probably I know the same people somehow. Oh, this is getting <laughs> scary. I think we'll move on. <laughs> well, it's Wellington. Wellington's a small, big city. It, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, you're at work. You get this email, and what do you do? Do you phone the police straight away, or do you phone home, or what? What do you do? Well, I'm looking at it, and I kind of. I didn't, I didn't freeze, but I was kind of like, what do you do? This is unreal. You're in d- you know? disbelief, right? Eh? Disbelief. And so I said to my, my work waiter sitting across, and I said, what, do I, what would I do if I knew someone was in my house? Like, who would I call? And it's all call 111. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so I pick up the phone and I call 111. And, um, you know, I say police, and they put me through to the police. And uh, I go, is someone in my house? I'm being burgled. And they're like, where do you live? And I said, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. It's because I've got a different, um, I've got a different address for you. I've got an address on Bolcott Street, and I'm thinking Bolcott Street. I'm not. My office is on Cable Street for a start, so it's not even my office. And I, I'm a little confused. But we're using, I don't know, some VoIP provider. For oh, I phone. see. So the so, the host could be on on Bolcott Street. Must or something. be on Bolcott Street. Yeah. So I said, no, no. I've got a webcam. I'm looking at him over the internet, and. Uh, the one-on-one guy was immediately like, oh, right, I get you now. He thought I might have been Frank calling him, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> delu- have- delusional. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so I'm watching the, so I pull open the live feed, you know, and I'm watching this dude, and he, he kind of walks past it from the right to the left, and then he disappears, because it's only once, once or twice a second that it updates for the emails. Otherwise, I just get hundreds and hundreds of emails instead of yeah. one or two. And um, then he appears on the right side of it again, kind of peering, and then he's closer to the, you know, to the camera. Like looking, looking right at <laughs> it. Right at the camera. Well, and then I see him take the sunglasses off the front. Like, I wasn't trying to hide it. It was there to filter the light out. Because, right. But, I mean, I guess it was a little bit hidden. And then he turns around to look at the wall. But it kind of springs back because it's got a big, long cable on it. But it doesn't spring all the way up. But it kind of springs because it's at hip height. And then it springs back and it's sort of pointed maybe 30 degrees. He walks straight in front of it and I got an awesome picture of his face, the side of his face. Oh, great. So the, the one that was published <laughs> on Stuff, is, is that the one you're talking about? 
Yeah, yeah, I think if he's looking... He's kind of looking... The one I'm looking at is he's yeah. looking... He's uh, It's a profile shot, basically, and there's window, a window in the background, or curtains or something. Yeah, that'll be the one. That'll be the one. Right. You, in fact, My published client, a whole heap, I, didn't you, of photos? Oh, yeah, I chucked them all on Flickr and... Yeah, I saw on, that. We put them on uh, the other place, what's it called? Facebook. Yeah, that place. That place. <laughs> I know <laughs> the one you mean. Was it, what was the one on IT Crowd? Friend face? Yes, friend face. <laughs> friend face. <laughs> But yeah, my partner cleaned clean up the image a little bit, which was good. It's kind of hard to get a good, um, good picture of it. There we go. So the the police have obviously seen these photos, and they, 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 what the happened? Take us actually before we talk about that. What what happened when you when you finished the call uh, to one one one? Did they obviously sent someone around straight away, or they sent someone around straight away? I wasn't at the time. I wasn't exactly sure what was happening. So they said we'll send someone around, and my workmate. I got off the phone. And he said, "Look, I'll take you. I'll take you home now." So that was fantastic because I could get the train otherwise. We go home, we drive out the driveway, and uh, there's two cops up there. Uh, one of them's the the dog cop, I guess. I don't know what they're called. Dog handler. There we go. That'll do. I should know, I should know what they're called. And um, I recognise her because I've seen her. I don't know why they must do one area all the time. I've seen her run up and down the street before. So that's when I realised they had the dogs on them, but they they didn't catch them in the end. But, oh, okay. Oh, but I think I worked out from the web camera because the web camera's going the whole time, you know sending me pictures and from the moment that I that he saw the camera well I saw him and to the moment they got there was about 11 minutes or 12 minutes until they walked in the door oh really yes but obviously they'd been around the house first and the dogs had gone over the fence and they said that they had another dog come inside and do the house as well before they went in so I mean they had to have been there in 10 minutes which I think is pretty good really Mm. yeah I mean, the police might be busy and they haven't caught the guy, but still, I'm, I'm quite happy with their response. Well, he, but obviously he's not a pro and he's probably local, maybe. Would that be fair to say? I think he's, I think he's At a guess, yeah. yeah. So there's probably a good chance they're eventually going to catch him. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if the police knew who he was. Well, exactly. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but maybe they've caught him and just haven't gotten around to ringing me. I mean, that's a distinct possibility. And if not, they might get him for something else and recognise him. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And then link the two together. At the very least, his grandma rung him up the day after and said, what are you out to? <laughs> <laughs> I have your guts for garters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was quite weird. So apparently they chased him through the park and through a couple of hills. I mean, a couple of houses. And they lost him at some roadworks where there's a lot of smells and things like that. Oh, okay. Maybe he was a pro after all. He went for the roadworks. He ran. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he obviously, see, he must have assumed the camera was on because he must have seen the camera, grabbed the laptops, and left. But he had enough time to pick up my mouse, which is weird. It's just a, a little horrible Microsoft mouse. I don't even know where I got it from. And uh, grabbed my hooded sweatshirt and my deodorant. What? So I was very upset. <laughs> I didn't find that out till the next. That actually annoyed me more than anything because it's the next morning and I go into the bathroom and I brush my teeth and I go to get my deodorant. It's not there. I'm looking around and I'm in the drawer, you know, and then I go back to the bedroom and it's not in there either. He's got your deodorant. He's your deodorant as well. I had to eat my breakfast faster to catch the train because I was looking for my deodorant. Oh, no. I mean, we laugh about it now, but at the time you were obviously probably not laughing. I was pretty annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame Pretty annoyed you. when I noticed it was gone. Mm. So the, the images that you got, uh, I mean, I've seen the, the whole bunch of them that you posted. Yeah. They are really good. 
Yeah, this is good from the, the, you know, bottom of the rung sort of webcam. Yeah, for oh, I think it's the sunglasses. <laughs> make so, it a bit. No, I'm serious because they make it a bit darker. But right, um, they they help. What am I? My partner called it an OD filter. I don't. I don't. That's film jargon. I don't understand film jargon. I don't understand that either. But it sounds <laughs> good. We'll, we'll keep it in the podcast. Oh, it's an OD filter. <laughs> that's, that's what we need. An OD filter. Yeah. What does the OD stand for? It's probably for you know overdeveloped or something like that. It could be. It's exposure something. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was something to do with Garfield's dog or something. No, no, that'd be an Odie. Oh. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between those two phrases. You've lost me. <laughs> what are we talking about? Is this a cartoon podcast? Where, Where are we? I? Who are we? <laughs> so I get t- quite a few um, false positives from this thing. That's why I put the, the, the sunglasses on. And that's how? The sun, will, the sun will come through the, the window and bounce off the couch and it'll just flare out. Oh, I see. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. of course, your emotion will go, hey, something's yeah. different about the picture. Have you tried That's to exactly how it works. You, you tune it by saying this many pixels have changed in a, in a clump. So it does some sort of statistical analysis on it to work out, you know, so many pixels have changed and they're all within this area kind of, they're all within, you know, a certain amount of distance away from each other. That's how it sort of works it out. So have you tried turning the sensitivity down? Yeah, but if you turn it down too much, then well, what's the point? Yeah, oh, you'll miss stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But often, sometimes, the whole couch will go white, but then the sunglasses solve it. So, Right. So sunglasses over the webcam is actually a, a, a workable solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, it made the guy look at the bit closer. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, oh, what would have you? Go in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could get a second uh, Logitech one and have sort of stereo vision going on. <laughs> that would look pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of wish I had hidden it a bit better, though, because then he might not have noticed it, and they could have got him. Oh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. that's hindsight, I'll, isn't it? Exactly, and, and to be honest, I never, ever, ever in a million years thought that it would ever work, or, or that it would ever, not even get the chance to use it. I just didn't even, it wasn't even, you know, part of my worldview, I guess. So did you actually set it up in case a burglar does arrive, or was it just because it was something cool and funky and was fun to play with? It did it both, really. It was... You know, I've, I had the, the I had the webcam. Uh, there's a computer in the lounge, and you kind of sitting there go, "Well, what could I do with this?" You know, board weekend, and um, so I just did it out of pure interest. I never thought it would actually, like, I mean, I did it obviously to catch burglars, you know, but I never actually thought I'd ever it would ever happen. Right, you never actually believed that the day would happen when someone's actually sifting around your house. A- absolutely, I didn't even, you know, it wasn't even part. I wasn't suspicious of the area, or I'm still not really, to be honest. And I wasn't worried about it or anything. I'm still not at all either. So, so what were we missing in the end? A, a laptop, a mouse, oh, your deodorant? Laptops. Yes, my deodorant. Two oh, laptops. Two laptops. Yeah. My partner's brand new laptop too. That's the worst because we'd only just... Oh, no. We'd only just backed up a whole bunch of stuff off our old PC. And we had two backups of that. No, we had one backup of that, I mean. One on the old PC and then one at work. I've got it like a hard drive at work. So we bring the hard drive home copy it all off her old computer. We delete the backup to redo the backup. And uh, we did it in the wrong order because we didn't get to actually back it. So I want to stuff up. <laughs> so we lost, a, we lost about six months worth of, worth of stuff. It was just those two days, you know. <laughs> so what, what's, what's worse? Is it, <laughs> that's actually, that's really bad. That's bad timing. That's, that's pretty annoying. Are you worried about the intruder reading your, your data? you know, reading your emails or whatever, or is it fairly secure? It's secure. I mean, they were both running Windows 7. And I'm not sure. I mean, I know you can 
you know, change the password on those pretty easy. But I'm not convinced that a burglar is going to do that. Right. So what, what do burglars do with them? Do you think they just wipe them and sell them on? or? Well, that's, that's one thing that's been um, bugging me, actually, because if you've got enough gumption to have like a copy of Windows or some description and, you know, wipe them and reinstall it and push it on, then surely you've got enough gumption to, to crack the password, you know? Mm. There's various then- low CDs out there that will do that for you. That'll, yeah. you know, not, maybe not crack the password, but set the administrator password to nothing so you can log in. Yep. I mean, I changed all my passwords. But then the question is, would they? I mean, what, what are they trying, yeah. what would they achieve by doing that? What it depends would they what achieve they, by that? If they want to make yeah. money out of it, then I guess they wouldn't care. But if they are nosy, then yeah, I, I guess it's a possibility. It is yeah. a possibility. I mean, you changed all the passwords, that's all you can do, really. Yeah. Change all my passwords on yeah. everything online and stuff like that, which is yeah. good because I need, needed a better password scheme. Let's <laughs> <laughs> come up with one pretty quick. <laughs> Guess they're just going to flick them off for some cheap. I mean, yeah, they'll flick the them off. The two laptops probably be a, I don't know, thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars difference in price. I mean, my old Aspy. I mean, I probably could have sold it for three or four hundred on Trade Me or something. And Yo, well, you was, might be able to buy it for three or four hundred on Trade Me if you have <laughs> <laughs> no. Either that, or, or just go down to your local bar. You might pick it up there. Well, I mean, they're seriously probably. <laughs> Flicked them off for five hundred dollars each, so someone got a good deal on a nice Sony fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it wasn't me. That's good. <laughs> Your story kind of reminds me of a little incident I had at, at work. We, I had an iPod go missing, and I don't normally leave my iPod at work. It just so happened that this time I'd left it at work, and I did the old, ah, uh, oh, it's at work. What am I going to do? Do I go back and get it? Do I leave it? No, it's only one night. I'll leave it, <laughs> and it disappeared. <laughs> and so what I did was I did something similar to you. I, you know, I've got a Mac at work and, uh, yeah. you know, they have the built-in cameras, but either, either way, uh, it's a similar sort of setup. I, I found some software to detect motion and, and record. And it was kind of after the fact. So I thought, well, you know, I don't know if there's much point, but I, I just did it anyway. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know why I did it. I don't know what the point of it was. Yeah. But it just so happened, coincidentally, that a, exactly a week later, an iPod went missing from the desk next to mine and my camera was going. Oh, you're kidding. I'm absolutely not kidding. This is absolutely true. It's it was fantastic. Well, you know, <laughs> fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're missing. You know what I'm saying? It's fantastic timing and luck. Yeah, find fantastic timing, absolutely. And this colleague comes to me and says, "Oh, my iPod's gone missing. I I don't suppose you know that thing you set up on the camera was that is that going?" And I, I I couldn't believe it. I said, "No way! Your iPod didn't go missing last night." And she's like, "Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Can we look at the camera? Can we look at the camera?" Okay, so we look at the camera. And we, we find someone coming in uh, sort of dressed in cleaner type clothes, but it was very dark because what they do is the lights were on, they flip yeah. the lights off and they come towards our desk, shuffle around and you can't see much more than a few shadows yeah. and then they go out again. And of course the lights, they turn the lights off. They were on because I think what they'd done is they'd come, they'd come around doing the cleaning earlier on and spotted it and then you know come back later to get it. So I didn't have as good a pictures as yours and, and I wasn't able to show a picture of the face going, well, there's, there's the guy. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I could work out from, because what I had done is I then went back to the earlier days and, and had a look to see if I could match a, the same sort of silhouette. And there was a very, very distinctive silhouette. It was, it was a guy with very frizzy hair with a cap on and it kind of creates a very distinctive shape, as you can imagine. Uh, yeah, and and I match that with a daytime shot. Well, when I say daytime, I mean you know when they're cleaning it after work with the lights on, and yeah. and I matched it with that. But uh, you know nothing ever came of it. 
it's a little bit different. Yours was a break in, and, and mine wasn't. Mine was, if you like, you could call it an inside job. It was someone that was meant to be there. Uh, but, you know, the police had far more important things to do, and, and it never went anywhere. I think the burden of proof might be a wee bit lower when you're talking about, you know, like a Kenley and company or something. But yeah, because like in theory, the authority to tell their employees to turn their houses over, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I at the, look. I as soon as it went missing, I kind of thought, well, I'm never going to see it again, and I resigned myself to the fact that that was it, and I have to get myself a new iPod. Yeah, but um, to make it worse, it was actually one I bought for about half the retail price. It was it was a giveaway. Um, oh, no. for something yeah and I, and I bought that was auctioned off and I, I bought it at half the it was 170 instead of uh, three 320 or something nice. so that was a bit annoying and uh, I, I didn't claim the insurance which I could have but it wasn't worth it well you would have I mean your excess would have been as much as the device itself yeah well it was it, the excess was the same as what I'd paid for for the original one but that was as yeah. I say half the retail so I still oh, could have but yeah probably should have you might have got a better one. Well, yeah, actually, I, I, I would have, yeah, because that model had gone out. So, yeah, probably hindsight's a wonderful thing, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, at, at the time, I thought well, I'll save the claim for when something really nasty happens. So, you know, yeah, so I don't lose my no claims bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand you've got a full payout, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you claim for everything. We claim for the deodorant. They gave us four dollars for it, and we swapped <laughs> that for four dollars of the excess or something like that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. So that's good. Insurance companies are good like that. If you give them a big, long, itemized list, you know, you, you don't have to scam insurance companies. They're easy enough to deal with if you do if you do it right and you're just really anal about, you know, lists and things like that. So if you do it properly, yeah. uh, you know, they'll, they'll pay up on everything. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they take, they took half a bowl of gin, so you claim for that, that's like $30 or something. And, you know, take that off the excess as well. So we ended up paying not much excess at all. And we were just going to drink the gin anyway. It's not like yeah, yeah. that useful. <laughs> but it all, it all turned out well. And the laptop I'm getting is a lot better than my old one, which is nice. I mean, it sucks to lose. Because when you get a new laptop, it's, you know, it's a good 10 hours setting it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got to wipe the old stuff and find drivers and you get it all working. And my partner's laptop was like a week old. So that was just wasted time, you know. But yeah. my one, at least I got... A lot better, a lot better laptop, which is good. Silver lining, I guess. So, where can you download Motion from? Just for people out there wanting to do a similar setup. I think it's on SourceForge. SourceForge, okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I honestly can't remember because it's Debian, so apt get, you know. Oh, so it's uh, you were you're running a Linux system? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm running a Linux system. There's a couple on there. There's Zone Alarm, which looks quite good, but I couldn't get it running. And then there's um. Motion. It's just it's just called Motion. Right. That's quite good. The the Apple one I used was you just go to the Apple menu and you go down to Find Burglars and it does it all for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they just work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jake. Well, the you know all your efforts in setting up the camera uh, definitely paid off. You've got some good images of of the person, and uh, I mean, if if you hadn't had those images, you could have lost a lot more. They could have cleaned the whole place out. I think I don't think there were professionals that would have done that, but. They would have got a lot more stuff. They could have come back for the tally, you know. Yeah, and that they figured, I guess, you're at work and there was no one home. Yeah. So, as you Absolutely. said, they could have come back. Exactly. All righty. Now, McAfee does a huge blunder. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's putting it lightly. They they released a an update for the antivirus, which basically nuked a whole heap of uh, Windows XP machines. 
meant you couldn't do a whole heap of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they went into this endless uh, reboot loop. I'm surprised I can tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> On Windows, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, stop knocking Windows. Do you know we each using a different OS? I think. Uh, are you on Debian at the moment? I'm actually got Debian on my left, and then my friend's borrowed laptop on the right. So okay, I've got a and Mac. It's XP, funnily enough. All right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, obviously it doesn't have McAfee on it. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so this caused a huge amount of damage. It was phenomenal. We're talking thousands of computers in, in many companies uh, that have you know that use McAfee. They, they went into this endless uh, reboot loop. It was one of the biggest oops uh, that we've seen for a while. Yeah, gosh, look at these. <laughs> we've seen a number of these big companies putting out updates which really didn't, should not have passed quality assurance. They should never have been released into production environments. But they've just, these, these things are just slipping out. <laughs> simply poor testing, that's what it comes down to. The analysts have said the same thing. They reckon this is a clear case of poor testing. And in fact, you know, the, the previous ones that we've talked about, Brett, all seem to be the same sort of thing. It's just, they're all the same sort of thing yeah. there. It is just poor testing. It is just not, yeah. <laughs> Whoever is the head of their testing department or their testing team leader needs to be, you know, kicked up the backside. So do you think it's a bit like the media these days, you know, trying to get the story out first rather than getting the facts right? Oh, yeah, jumping the gun. Yeah, just just getting getting things out there so you can seem be seen to be the you know at the forefront of everything. Mm-hmm. No one here uses McAfee, I take it? No. No. All right. I use one which scores a little higher on the the um, yearly tests. <laughs> what do you use? I use um, ESET. Oh, ESET, Nod32. Yep. Yep. And uh, Jake, on Debian, you don't need virus protection, do you? What am I saying? Oh, I've got a firewall that works. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, no, I haven't been using any virus protection on Windows 7, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but, you know, I haven't had any problems, and I'm wondering if I should just take the risk. But when I was on... <laughs> XP before that because you know I use all operating systems at my house what did I use that Russian one oh Kaspersky yeah Kaspersky oh no no that one um, there was another one. Oh, I can't even remember what it was called now AVG AVG that's the one AVG how did I guess that that was kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> AVG seems to be I mean the last time we had to download it they had some funny not spyware but kind of adware but you didn't have to install it but you had to you know, make sure that you don't you check the wrong thing when you're installing. Mm. Otherwise, it'll get in there. Oh, I don't like that. Going, oh, that's no good. Yeah. No. no. Well, they never used to have that. So this this blunder, uh, they've apologised for that, not surprisingly. Look, and <coughs> they they have actually been uh, as they should. They've been working all all through the night to help companies get back uh, online and running again. Yeah, yeah, they they released a fix. They did take their sweet time to release a fix, and it wasn't an easy fix either. It required a lot of fiddly bits. So any of the um, home users who got it, if they didn't know their tech, then they would have had a little difficulty uh, applying the fix and getting the machine back. An expensive bill, perhaps. Mm. And doing it in a business, I mean, imagine having 100 computers. With oh, exactly. You have They're- to do it all by hand if it wouldn't even boot. Yep, there are quite a lot of reports uh, from different enterprise IT departments of them having to go around manually all of the PCs. One of them mentions that there was a two-day queue for the laptops in the department in their wow. enterprise, getting them back up and running. I wonder if they pay for this McAfee because you know you'd expect some sort of you know, service level. Oh, a much better level of support, definitely. 
Yeah. Well, you would expect the update not to have done that in the first place. Yeah, the good update point. Not yeah. to have mistaken a you know a valid Windows system component as a virus, or in this case, uh, what was it? A the we caught a virus, <laughs> which Wasn't is a bizarre, so we um, infected the SVC host, and that's how that one made Windows reboot constantly. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, I remember getting yep, installing yep. XP, and then getting updates over dial-up, and somehow in that thirty-minute window, getting code read, and I'm you know trying to abort the shutdown at the same time as the Windows updates coming, and I'm getting a virus scanner, and oh, it was a race! <laughs> it was a race. <laughs> what would be interesting to see, though, is is in a small country like New Zealand, what sort of help the businesses here would have got? Because we often don't have the presence uh, of large companies here. It's often done out of Australia or sometimes out of Singapore. Mm. So I, I do wonder, because I know that here in New Zealand, TVNZ was hit very hard. They had, I think, a third of their machines out. And oh. uh, obviously oh. the, t- the TV station kept broadcasting because I didn't well, know. Well, it obviously it doesn't run on a Windows machine. Uh, with no, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> But yeah, look, they, apparently they had to work through the night there. But, you know, in a small country like this where I, I don't know whether McAfee do or don't have a presence here, but yeah, I'm just speaking in general terms, you know, in, in generally smaller countries don't have the presence of large companies. What do they do? Mm. I guess they just uh, have to accept a huge bill from, from a vendor of some sort. Well, it depends on the, once again, that service level agreements. But yeah, it it was interesting to hear you just say that TVNZ was here because I didn't think McAfee had that much of a, even that much of a large corporate presence here. Well, maybe they don't sell them it. Maybe they just use it. Mm. I have a little bit of trouble feeling sorry for companies that would use, no matter how good the software is supposed to be, you know, just using free versions of things. Yeah, I'm not saying that they do or not. I'm not sure, but I'd be a little, you know, a little suspicious of that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, speaking of other blunders, I think a, an Apple employee is not feeling too good right now. Do you mean a former Apple employee? Correct. Correction. A <laughs> former Apple employee, probably. <laughs> well, we know how aggressive Apple is about yeah. anybody who leaks anything. <laughs> if you're an Apple employee and you leak anything or make some stupid gaffe uh, such as this, you will... <laughs> you're out. That's it. You're out certainly the become an ex-Apple employee. Now, this does appear to have been accidental. The story goes that someone had found an iPhone that's not quite an iPhone in a San Francisco bar. And what it appears to be is the next generation iPhone that hasn't been released yet, a prototype from Apple. So the hypothesis is that an Apple employee has gone into the bar with this phone. Why is is a good question, but no one knows the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And obviously dropped or forgotten the phone and someone else has, has found it. Now, this made its way to the net because I think Gizmodo uh, paid $5,000 for it. They bought it off the person who who found it. Mm. And now the story's gone on from there because the police have been involved. Because Apple wants it back. <laughs> not only do Apple want it back, but apparently it could have been an, uh, an illegal transaction, the, the, you know, the selling of it to Gizmodo. Oh, definitely. California law requires that a finder of lost property must track down and inform the owner of the property if there is, you know, the way, if there is a method to do that. And with this device, well, you know it's Apple's. <laughs> you know it's Apple's and you know, you know it's Apple and, and you can you, pretty damn well be sure that it's a prototype something. So you better, you know, contact Apple. Especially but when it's it got a, yeah, it's got a front facing camera apparently, which yeah. we know the iPhone doesn't have. 
yet. Mm. <laughs> we'll have soon, Front probably. camera, a new ceramic, glassy feel, thin, thinner form factor. Looks quite pretty, actually. If that's the case they're coming out with, I think it's a lot nicer than their old ones. Are. Yeah, definitely. Even so you, with the lines and stuff. So you had a look at the photos of this prototype, Jake? Oh, yeah. Yep. It is, it is an interesting story because, it, well, it's just a bizarre story. It's almost unbelievable. And, and when I first read it, I thought, surely this is just a fake. or It's a prank. But the fact well, is that yeah. Apple, Apple sent this letter they sent a letter to Gizmodo saying it has come to our attention that Gizmodo is currently in possession of a device that belongs to Apple. This letter constitutes a formal request that you return the device to Apple. Please let me know where to pick up the unit. Well, it's perfectly within Apple's rights. That's an Apple, a piece of Apple lost property. But yeah, it's, it's just, I think this highlights the, the media frenzy around any, you know, Apple's next new thing. And so the person who found this phone offered, you know, pictures of it and the device itself for sale to a bunch of tech magazines and tech websites because the, you know, the, the media frenzy for getting hold of images or hands-on with the next Apple new big thing is, is so huge. So I think, yeah, this is where Gizmodo's gone and basically paid for stolen goods because the person who found it should have turned it over to the police so the police could give it back to Apple, but didn't. So they were keeping it illegally. So they bought stolen goods because of the frenzy for getting a look at Apple's next toy. I think you're definitely right. The, the, the media do go crazy over Apple stuff. But having said that, regardless of the company, any company who loses a, a prototype like this and the prototype is discovered is, is placed at a huge disadvantage in a, in a market that's as competitive as it is. Oh, definitely. Any, um, you know, any comp- competitors could be out there vying for getting a hold of this device so they can crack it open and, you know, steal some of that other company's thunder. Produce Gizmodo did product. that for them, didn't they? Indeed, they broke the thing open so you could have a look inside, showed all the pictures. I didn't so realise they broke it open. Every- did they do oh, that? Yeah, there's pictures of, uh, of the inside of it. This will be a very interesting case because I guess you have to assume that people must know it was lost property as opposed to... Well, definitely. There's nothing like it out there. It's not not out there. Yeah, the story about how the person got it to be, you know, to be selling it shows that it was not intentionally, you know, left. This thing had found an iPhone, unless you knew what it was. I mean, the guy that found it obviously knew what it was to have the gumption to sell it, even though it was disguised as an, an iPhone 3G. Yeah. So I, I guess what we can tell from this is that we'd likely get an iPhone with a forward-facing camera next. Uh, <laughs> forward-facing camera, high-resolution screen, and a much, much nicer-looking case. I think the flat back is nicer than the round back for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, Jake, are you going to get an iPhone now? <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I will <laughs> step into, over to the dark side <laughs> and be seduced by Steve's sexy phones. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if you want to have a chat to me after the show, I've got a 4G iPhone I can sell you. <laughs> $10,000 just for you, Jake. Bargain. <laughs> and a cheap laptop, $300 and it's yours. It's an Acer. <laughs> Two of them. Hey, it's got all my photos on it. Awesome. <laughs> well, I, prepared, I prepared that for you. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of Apple, there's, I don't know what it is with Apple, but Adobe and Apple just don't seem to be getting on with this whole Flash thing. And it's actually come to the to a level where it's almost 
it's almost being intrusive, this this whole spat about we won't have Flash. You know, you know like, the, the iPhone doesn't do Flash. The iPad doesn't do Flash. We're, we're lucky that us Mac users on, on the iMacs and MacBooks can use Flash. <laughs> Indeed. How long before that goes? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with Apple and, and Adobe? Oh, it's just, when you look at it in this part, you go, these two companies are just going hammerheads against each other on this the, this point, you know, Adobe's Flash and its, its prominence as a development tool for the internet. But that is, you know, you know, just the, the top, the, the surface of the story, because it's much more twisty, turny, ball of string <laughs> underneath it. They complement each other, you know, in every other aspect of, of computing, don't they? I oh, mean? indeed. The, some of the biggest tools that people use Macs for are, are the Adobe Design Suite. Exactly, yeah. Apple wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for the hipsters that like Apple's. Exactly. Those I think design, you've got a point, yeah. The design hipsters, you know, who have been using Photoshop and Illustrator and you know, all of the Premiere and all of those Adobe design suite tools to do all of that sort of stuff have been using Macs because Macs have always done that sort of thing better. So they've had this big relationship, which they still have. And it's just this one part where it's the conflict between what Adobe has done with Flash, creating their intermediate layer where you can develop a single application once and be pretty sure that it will run on multiple different platforms. Whereas Apple has gone for their iPhone OS devices, the complete opposite way or of the thing the Development has to be done on and for our device for it to work, and we won't let any of those other things go on. And it's just there's there's no black and white sort of answer or reason to why they're doing it. There's just this whole you know gray mush of reason why they don't get along. Well, I mean, you know, Jobs had the one thing I I sort of agree with is when Jobs came out and said that. The intermediate layers between the platform and the developer ultimately produce substandard apps and hinders the progress of the platform. Now, that might be a little strong, but I think there's an element of truth to that. And especially on the Mac, Flash runs like a dog. It does. It does. But Adobe is committed to making it speed up Flash on the well, Mac. So. so it says, but I mean, they've been saying that for a while. I mean, I, you know, I'll play little online games, you know, the Flash-based games, on, on the Mac, and some of them are just so slow. It's like they're in slow-mo, mm. which actually does well, help with the score. Well, you never know. Is that <laughs> Well, in some of those ones, it does. You've got that extra you know, split second to make sure that meter is right at the top pixel before you hit OK. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, well, you know, if you wanted to go conspiracy theory on that, it could be a further insidious part of... Apple's plan to eliminate Flash completely from the the Mac environment by making sure that Mac OS X runs Flash badly when it might not normally. Well, yeah, because how, how would it, you even it, know it, it does. Yeah, it it does um, appear to be that Mac OS X is particularly bad for Flash. The thing but is, then it, Mac OS X is a what Mac OS X is a a, a Unix based system isn't it i can't remember yeah it's based on yeah. on bsd well yeah. der- derivative of bsd darwin yeah yeah and you can get flash to run perfectly fine on on bsd based boxes that aren't mac os x the thing is when i see the story i can't work out whether apple 
has a point, you know, whether it really doesn't like Flash because it has some valid reasons not to like it, or whether it's just being precious and just being Apple. It's like <laughs> anything other than our stuff is just not good enough. Well, your answer is a little of column A and a little of column B. They they do have a point. Any of those intermediate layer systems, which are designed to be, you know, run a single application cross-platform on any sort of platform, will have a higher performance hit generally on the, the, the platform it wasn't natively developed on first than something which has been developed natively for the appliance that it's running on. But there's also that other layer of Apple wanting to be able to control and tailor, you know, have that their fenced in bit to do what they've always done, ensure that the things which go on to Apple and run on their Apple hardware are as good as it can be. In fact, Jake, that's exactly what you don't like about the iPhone, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you want to be able to code for it. They've actually Apple. They've had a um the history of not liking you know interpreters running you know on the iPhone. We had the Commodore sixty four interpreter a while ago that they they pulled from the App Store because you could you could um possibly. You could get to the the shell, I guess it's called, the basic prompt, and um, and write your own basic programs for it, and then you could have yeah, code indeed. running on the iPhone that was not sanctioned by Apple. I mean, and this is what Flash is all about. They don't yeah. want programs running on the iPhone that they can't control. At the very least, I guess they want to be able to say, "Does this meet human interface guidelines?" Things like that. I don't know about the majority of the apps out there that have been written for iPhone or not, but mm. if they meet those. There is that, a- is, that is definitely one of the complaints that, that Apple has said is um, yeah. about those. If you've got a single app that's developed to work on the intermediate layer across multiple platforms, it yeah. doesn't, it looks kind of however the designer made it look. It doesn't feel seamless in the user interface that it ends up running in because, exactly. you know, it, it doesn't use that user interfaces, objects to create its windows and those sorts of things. There's everything too because you've gone to a Flash website that's entirely in Flash. You can't, you know, often you can't tab between fields. You know, you can't use... Um, oh, that's just a poorly written Flash app. Well, exactly, but people <laughs> make them, you know, and other well, things like yeah, they make indeed. their own drop-down lists. So, you know, you, your browser drop-down list works one way and the Flash one works another way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really annoying. It's really annoying. And so I guess that's... I could it understand is. it, that the pressure's about there. Yeah, yeah that, that's the reason why, but there could be something more. Well, you know, there's another way around it. What they could do is is have apps delivered by the app store that are vetted and are guaranteed, if you like, to some extent. Mm-hmm. And then what they could do is allow apps to be put on some other way, like, you know, you click a link on the, on the web or something and it installs. And maybe they can have a little pop-up that says, hey, you know, this app hasn't come from the app store. It may work differently to what you expect or may not work at all or may cause performance issues. Are you sure you want to install this? And then people but know. Apple wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, Apple don't do that. Apple are quite precious about the the things that you know they can run on their that they will let run on their devices. The whole thing about this Apple versus Adobe Flash thing to, to me isn't an issue until it affects the users. And I think the biggest thing we've seen is the iPhone and the iPad, especially where you know you can't go to a Flash site. No, you can't. You what can- do you see? You see the default piece of text which happens when you can't install or load up the flash plugin (laughs) and that's it and if you've got a poorly designed flash site which doesn't degrade nicely then you end up with nothing people won't blame apple though they'll blame the website 
and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but Apple have got enough clout that they can, they could almost they can act like this, you know. Yeah. And that might be a good thing because I'm not a big fan of Flash, to be honest, and I wouldn't mind seeing it go. Well, admittedly, you know, one of the things, one of the criticisms that Apple gets a lot is that it's very proprietary, and of mm. course, uh, Jobs is is using that uh, using that same argument to to rebut that, saying, "Well, actually, Adobe Flash is very proprietary. HTML5 and CSS and JavaScript and H.264 are all open." Mm. And, and, and he's kind of got a point. I mean, what do you well, say to that? Well, kind of got. He's kind of got a point. H two six four is open, but it, you still have to license it, and you still have to pay for the license. Well, that that is true. Yeah, but I mean, having said that, apart from the nitty gritty, he, he does have a point. When he comes out with that argument, what do you say? It's true. Flash is proprietary. I guess the only answer to that is that Flash is everywhere, so you can call it a de facto standard. Well, yeah, it's it's a de facto standard. It is. Uh, Flash is openly documented. It's an openly documented format. You don't have to buy or license Flash to learn how to use or develop in Flash. No, uh, but you have the, to buy. You have to buy the tool that lets you well, yes. produce Flash. The you? ability to run Flash things is all is freely available. Massively widespread. Works on almost every browser. I'm pretty well, sure that the license for Flash would allow you to write your own Flash interpreter, by, like binary. You know. So you don't have to use the Flash interpreter from Adobe to run Flash apps. So someone I don't create, think anyone has. So someone cr- could create a, a Flash plugin that's not an Adobe one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. There's one called Nash, and it's not very good because it's open source. Mm. But And, I mean, who's going to – you can get Flash for the Linux anyway, and so only the, the purest of purists are going to go and want to use Nash. Yeah, but that's one of the side effects of the fact that it is an openly documented format. Exactly, and I mean H two six four. You could you could write a, a piece of software that plays on H two six four, but you're never going to get licensing for it. No, that's right. I mean, you could buy yeah. it, but you're not no one. You're not going to do that open source or free because I mean, who's got five million dollars to? I think that <laughs> yeah, article exactly. said five million, wasn't it? Was it really yeah. five million? Yeah, Mozilla paid five million dollars. Oh man, for yeah. the the license. I mean, Implayer plays it, but that's because. Employer just does it anyway, doesn't care about the license, and no one goes after them. For <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of those around. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it is a giant mess of he said, she said, and it's a big gray area as to why they are, you know, the reasons, right or wrong, on each side that Adobe and Apple are having this, this trouble with Flash. And well, uh, Flash isn't the only thing that the the iPhone OS doesn't run. It doesn't run Java inherently either, for exactly the same reason. Java is that you know intermediary layer development platform, and Apple just doesn't want that. Doesn't like it. Well, the thing with Java, it seems to run like a dog on any system. Mm, indeed, <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite I like the concept of it. You know, when it, especially when it first came out, and we we learned about this. Oh, it will run on anything because it's. Yeah, but well, that's the that's the the beauty, and that's the reason that Flash has has taken off so much is the fact that as you develop once, you develop once for something which is available freely on the web, can be viewed by anybody who has access to the internet and any kind of web browser they want, because there's you know there's basically a Flash plugin for almost every of the the, the main browsers, and even quite a few of the the, the you know the non mainstream browsers have Flash support. And you create it once, develop it once, put it on your website, and you can say, well, if you're using a Mac, you're going to be able to use this Flash app. If you're using a Windows PC, you're going to be able to use this Flash app. If you're using a mobile device, you can use this Flash app. 
instead of having to go, well, I've got this brilliant idea to do something on the internet, but I have to create a version which will work just for the, the iPhone. I have to then develop another one which works just for the, the PC. I have to develop another one which works for Mac OS X, one that works on Linux. And you then, have, you know, you explode the amount of development you had to do. And Flash, Adobe had brought in with the, they were developing for their CS5, the release of the Creative Suite 5, a, an interpreter that, which would convert a, an app written in Flash to Objective-C so it could be run on an, you know, an iPhone OS device. But then Apple changed their licensing, you know, their licensing agreements and development agreement for producing apps, which said you must write natively, you must write the app natively in C, C++ or Objective-C. That had to be the original language, was that? Yeah. Yeah, it had to be the original development language. You couldn't write something and something else and then have it, you know, use an interpreted layer, you know, use a converter to convert it to the other thing. It had to be written natively. They changed their license agreement to remove these, what would you call it, this tool to convert from one format to another to allow you to run it on the iPhone. And shortly after that was when Adobe announced that the flashed iPhone exported is not going to be... was, yeah, yeah. was pulled. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, what a mess! It is, it is a mess. Those two need to sort it out. We need we need to get them in a room and get them talking again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't think you'll change Apple's mind. That's uh, the, I, uh, yeah, the thing. Is, I don't think you will change Apple's mind and Apple's plan roadmap for what they want with their systems. Which is why Adobe and Flash and has you know working really well with the other developers for of mobile OSs uh, like Google for Android and all that sort of stuff to integrate them into that. And it gives them a, a voice on the other side, another tick to the non-Apple camp for um, mobile phones. Well, this, is, th- this thing is annoying. It is. It is really, it is an annoying, it is an annoying lack because Flash is out there. It is, it's got a lot of flaws and that is some inherent flaws of that interpreted layer sort of structure. The architecture of those interpreted layer apps means that they are never going to be streamlined and run really efficiently on all of the different platforms that they are available to work on. But the the coup for those was the fact that the development time, the production time of new apps, new devices, new things was cut down drastically because you didn't have to take your original idea and your original app and then recode it and port it into all these different formats for all of the other computer and appliances out there that you might want to run it on. But, you know, who knows? Apple have surprised us before. Maybe they might go into bed with Microsoft and suddenly there's silver light on everything. (laughs) No, I'm I'm actually serious. I'm actually serious. It wouldn't surprise me. Maybe, but they, maybe they compete directly in the hardware. In, yeah, in the but hardware. they've they've had these little alliances before. I mean, r- right now we've got this this agreement that Microsoft, like, you know, to continue developing Office for for the Mac and Office mm-hmm. 2011 is is coming out for the Mac, and they don't have to. And I, you could say, well, maybe they make a lot of money out of it, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, well, wouldn't have thought that'd be the case. Mm. But I, I don't know. It, well, I think a lot of that is also because. 
you know, on the, the flip side of that, Microsoft with their the formats that they use for the Office Suite and the prevalence of the Office Suite is if you don't have an app or a device which is fully, com- you know, fully compatible with the, the Office file formats, then you are going to severely limit yourself as a, as a business or an enterprise that has to deal with everybody else who does. So, yeah, having that deal that allows them to have an office suite on the Mac as well means they can cut out that part of having to, you know, have a converter which will convert from a, a Word docx file over to something which Claris Works will read and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> Indeed. So I think that's why those sorts of things will be done because Apple can, you know, relatively rightly concede that the the office document producing space is quite firmly under the thumb of Microsoft products. And it works fairly well too. You you can't fault it really. Well, I can fault the 2007 version of it, which oh, yeah, you're not out a fan. far too many good yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm Just, so looking forward to 2010. Yep, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. And now, you know, Jake, we, I tried to get you to convince you that the iPhone was what you wanted. You said, no, you want something that you can install your own apps on. And I said, what about Android? And, you know, you said, oh, it's fairly new. But here's the thing. A hacker has managed to get Android running on an iPhone. Would that interest you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely it would. That yeah. is kind of cool, isn't it? That I is cool. Right. <laughs> I'm running Rockbox on my iPod at the moment. So it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the jukebox. Yes. Right, yes. You, on your iPhone. You, and you're not, oh, is it, sorry, iPod. sorry on, on your, your iPod. iPod. And you're yeah. not supposed to be able to do that, are you? It, it was a bit, it's not tricky to get on now because I don't know what they've done. They've managed to, manage to make it clicky, clicky install, which is pretty cool. Um, That's kind of cool. Does it go via iTunes? No. So you just, you plug it in, the, you know, your iPod, and then you go clicky, clicky install, and it just puts the software on there somehow. And changes the bootloader somehow so that you can still build. Ah, oh wow! So That's... They must have got some sort of. They've worked out how the iTunes application interfaces with the with the iPod to do its stuff. Yeah, so reverse engineered that. Their, yeah, they've reverse yeah, engineered. I remember that trying it a couple of years ago, and it was a little tricky to get on. I never actually did it, but now it's clicky clicky. So. Well, that's interesting. That's cool. And then you just put the file. You just put the files on there. You don't have to use iTunes or anything. Right, you just put them on, drag and drop, and away you go. Oh, brilliant. That sounds good. It's really (laughs) nice. It's really nice. Oh, I look forward to seeing the first iPhone 4G or HD or whatever iPhone, whatever Apple decides to call their next generation iPhone with Android. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be funny. Well, it's a good way to iPhone, you know, give them props, OS 4. Point oh, um, iPhone OS 4.0 does look like it's going to bring some nice meat to the, the, the iPhones, but still not the ones that a lot of us devoted internet users really want. Well, you know, the thing, the thing is, Android is good for the iPhone and iPhone is good for, for Android-based phones mm. because, you know, they have to keep, keep up with, you know, each is trying to outdo the other. And yeah. so it's, it's actually a good thing in the end. And at the end of the day, if you're an Apple sort of guy, you'll get the iPhone. And if you're a, an Android sort of a guy, you'll get that. And, and then and both camps are happy. Indeed. This is, this is a, an example of actual company competition, where corporate competition actually benefits the marketplace. As opposed to a duopoly. Yeah, as opposed to most other pseudo competition, where it's mainly a bunch of different businesses all selling the same stuff who shake hands and say, yeah, let's all sell it at this price. Yeah. Although David Wang doesn't actually work for Google, does he? I mean, Android's open source. 
this guy David Wang who who did a you know this isn't even a company versus a company. This is oh no know, for that, that. Oh, yeah for this for, for the that, Android yeah, on the iPhone. Yeah. This is yeah this is this is a um one of the what they call the iPhone well iPhone hackers. Yeah. They call themselves the iPhone dev team, but they, they don't work for Apple either. It's a it's an unofficial thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it appears like to work, those, and, you know. Like most of those hacker groups out there. Yeah, we're exactly. Hardware hack and, and do all the cool stuff. Absolutely. And uh, uh, is there anything illegal about this? Probably not, is there? Well, no, I, I am sure. You're not breaking a EULA. Yeah, this will be breaking <laughs> oh, definitely okay. some of the, the um, EULA terms and conditions of owning an iPhone. But that's a civil matter. I don't think it'll ever hold up in court anyway. No, no. I mean, if, if you went and sold these things, that's a different matter, right? Yeah, yeah. You would not be able to sell it. But yeah, just did it, Apple will be said. frowning on this, but there's not a heck of a lot they can no. do because I think most civil courts will quite rightly so say that person bought that iPhone hardware. They can do what the hell they want with it. There's well, always the DMCA that will get in the way, though, if you're in America and if Apple is somehow locked up the phone and what's a, what do they call it? An effective software lock or something and then mm. you have to break that to get the software on there then that would be criminal to do that well that's a point actually but that's in America so it's so tough. let's just hope David Wang isn't in America yep <laughs> I think yep. he is though I think he is oh. <laughs> but it doesn't matter well speaking of DCMA did you see that the uh, Hitler downfall meme has pretty much been DCMA'd <laughs> yeah. it's offline well no, no more of those Hitler in his bunker well, Funny they're disappearing videos. rapidly. You can still find a few out there, and but they are disappearing rapidly. Are they it's, on YouTube, or where, where are you finding them? Uh, on YouTube, because, you know, you take something down, it will go back up pretty quickly. But they are being taken down really rapidly across the internet. It's not a DMCA notice, in fact. It's uh, from YouTube. It is just the YouTube's regular... Um, content system. Oh, the, I see. Yeah, you're right, actually. It's not a DMCA. Mm, for on the for the stuff coming off of YouTube, it was the the film company, the German production company, who owns the rights to the film Downfall, saying we want them all gone. <laughs> I would have thought the the film would have been getting massively more attention yeah, because it has become yeah. such a popular internet meme. <laughs> you, sorry, what was that, Jake? I n- I never heard about it. Had you not seen these videos? Oh, no, it's in the videos, but oh, I've okay. never heard about oh, the, the, video. the movie Downfall. Oh, sorry, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing. I'm the same. And I, when I was watching these funny clips on YouTube, I kind of thought, actually, what actually did happen in that, in that movie? What were the real <laughs> words? Yeah. And I want to see this thing now. <laughs> but uh, I, I may still. It's fair use under parody. Well, well yeah, yes, think it, so. it, it, you would think so, indeed. The, I would say that would definitely, well, at least in New Zealand, under New Zealand law, that would definitely fall under parity and those would be protected. I was under the impression that it wasn't entirely the film company. It was more YouTube has software that, that, that double checks videos that are uploaded using some sort of hashing function or something. Mm, their content ID system, they call it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was sort of torn because... That's interesting, but then, you know, this taking down the, the funny is not interesting. It's sad. Yeah. And, but I was under the impression that it was um, YouTube do it and not, um, they do it off their own back. You know, they do it. Well, this, yeah, well, this is being done because of a, a claim filed on behalf of the oh, right. production company. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's a bit but sad, I though. don't think it'll be the last of them. I think we will see 
parodies of the parodies, or definitely a um, somebody will do a downfall parody of this downfall parody. The downfall of downfall. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. the downfall of the downfall parodies parody. Well, the title's <laughs> fairly start, apt, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it just takes a group of people <laughs> to dress up and do things with props exactly as it's done in there, and it's definitely then kind of put under parody, and you will not be able to take it down. Well, there we go. We've just given a whole bunch of listeners an idea. <laughs> so maybe we will see one now. Yes, it just won't be quite as easy to do uh, until the first person does it. The first group that does it, that will then become the video. Well, that would be, be kind of cool. Parodies. That would so be a neat little project. We could, New Zealanders could be the one that yeah. is acting in all this. We should, we should do it. We'll <laughs> do it after the show. Being... We'll do it quickly after the show, eh? Well, <laughs> first, first off, Edwin, you're going to have to grow a little moustache. <laughs> I'm going to be Hitler? Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> Your German is probably way better than mine. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I think this is a sign we've done the main stories. Hey, but before we take a short break, just wanted to follow up on a story from episode 61. Now, you remember Shane Williamson was our guest, and mm-hmm. you may recall he had a blog that ran for six years until Microsoft suddenly lost it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It was hosted on that Windows Live platform and it just vanished. Well, Shane mm-hmm. reports that his blog's now back and all of the articles have been restored. Oh, excellent. They Yay. did have backups. <laughs> <laughs> they did, after all. Well, something happened. So that's, uh, that's, a nice, that's good news. Indeed it is. Good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I am pleased I for him. I thought it would be odd for Microsoft to not have backups on their live blogs. Yeah, although it was, it's kind of a shame he had to go through what he did and go through the back channels and talk to people that he knew from when he worked there and mm. all that sort of stuff. But yeah. hey, he got there in the end, so that's Indeed. a good result. Cool. Alrighty. So we'll take a short break. And when we come back, there's one New Zealand story to talk about. Don't go away. All right. Welcome back. Now, Brett, you'll like this because you've got a PlayStation 3. Indeed. It's something I, (laughs) this story is even something that I discovered myself um, last week. When the option suddenly appeared on my computer. Right, so you turned on your PlayStation 3 and you saw an option that you could, what, stream video from TVNZ On Demand? Indeed, I turned on my PlayStation 3 and glaring right in front of me was TVNZ On Demand. And did you try it out? (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't because we (laughs) That's an (laughs) anticlimax. I was waiting for for you to say yes and it's fantastic, it looks so good. Well, next week I will give you a review of how TVNZ On Demand does work on the PlayStation 3. Unfortunately, on the time when I booted up my PlayStation 3 and noticed this, I actually wanted to play a game. So that's what I did. Ah, well, fair enough. I mean, that, that's <laughs> what you do with the PlayStation 3. You play games, funnily enough. Oh, or watch Blu-ray. Movies. Oh, yeah, actually, they make good Blu-ray, Blu-ray players. So, yeah, you don't need a standalone one. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of cool, uh, you know. It's very cool. And it's, you know, it's once again something similar to what we were talking about last week with uh, the Zilm story. Um, But unfortunately, this is not unmetered. Ah, yeah, it's not unmetered, is it? So It's not unmetered on Telstra Clear, so if I watch TVNZ On Demand, it's coming out of my bandwidth gap. Yeah, but that's, if, that's I a watch, if I watch Zilm, which I can also watch on my PlayStation 3. How do you watch that on your PlayStation 3? Because PlayStation 3 has an internet browser. Does it? And yeah. Flash? Think so, but the flash stuff works. I'll do. have to confirm oh, that. Or is it, just a, or is it HTML5? Well, yeah, you can report back on episode 64 on those two things. How's that? There's your homework. I, I, I'll do that. <laughs> I actually <laughs> sent an email to the Zoom guys asking if they would do HTML5. 
Oh yeah, and what was the response? Did you? Or have he you said it'd not- get back to me. I actually said yeah. they need more keyboard shortcuts as well. They've got yeah, definitely. Like- it, it does get a little, a lot of clicks. What do you mean yeah, keyboard got, shortcuts for what? They've got space for pause and play, and they've got escape that goes from full screen to not full screen. That's the only oh, one. Oh, I see what you they mean. Need yeah, a, okay. they need Access one keys. first. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Because I want to watch it on my computer with my remote, and my remote's not a mouse; it's a keyboard, basically. Mm. Well, I can make it admit keyboard presses, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said that they should do that, and it was like there must be like a small company because it looked like the CEO responded to me. So there must be only three guys there. <laughs> <laughs> Could be just well, a, you know, it's an internet company. They don't need to be big. Exactly, exactly. So you actually got a response. You got three really good that, guys. Look, that's all they need. Well, that's I the thing. The, the fact eight that eight o'clock the next morning. Well, that's the thing. The fact that you got a response tells you that it's only about three guys working there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this this is a good thing, and it'd be interesting because now with you know with the iPad, if people want to watch it on their iPad, I don't know. Indeed, currently they won't be able to. Yeah, they can't at the moment. So with HTML5, mind you, the iPad hasn't actually come to New Zealand yet, but that's another matter. Yes. Well, if you were sitting at home with your iPhone connected to your local, you know, your wireless, and you were sitting in front of your giant television, which is probably also plugged into a computer, and for some reason you really just wanted to watch uh, an episode or something on your iPhone instead of watching it on the television... Well, I don't know yeah, why you do why it. Why would really, you do but, that? Yeah, no, you never know. But the thing, the thing I like about this TVNZ on demand being on the PlayStation is the fact that you will see it on your TV. And like and, you know, you were comparing it with say Zilne earlier. We, we you know we talked about Zilne last week. Uh, the I like Zilne, but I have to sit in front of my computer because I don't have some other device that you know interfaces with a TV. Yeah, so you can't sit on your nice couch or on your lazy boy. No. Kick up your, t- kick up your feet and watch on your 40-something inch no. play or your however big you got these days. Uh, yeah, you have to sit in front of your 20-something to 30-something inch Apple cinema display <laughs> or whatever it is that you're sitting in front I'm of. I'm just in front of a 20-inch iMac. Oh, is that all? That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it integrates into the, the isn't it the XMB browser? What do they call yeah, it on the yeah, PlayStation? Yeah, um, yeah, it integrates. It's got its own options straight off of the the top home menu. Yeah, it looks like you know it spits the things out down the bottom, the pictures of the program off down the bottom, just like it would anything else. Which yeah. is really nice that they've been able to make TVNC give up the interface. You know the. the yeah, indeed. It's a big coup <laughs> for them okay. to get them to do that because PlayStation is very keen on making sure that their interface is very uniform. Exactly. Did you wish you had this on on your Wii, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more I can say. Yes, I wish I had it on my Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a web browser on my Wii, so I could kind of do it. Oh, yeah. The web browser on the Wii's got Flash 9 or Flash eight and a half it's like flash eight with some flash nine stuff so i actually don't know if it works or not but still it's like you've got a mouse you've got to interface with the mouse and you've got the wii mode and you're all over the show (laughs) (laughs) all righty well i don't understand these playstation and wii things because i'm not a gamer so i'm going to wrap the show up uh jake i'd like to thank you very much for being our guest this week it's been wonderful that's all right it's been good being here and it's been great having you and enjoy the uh, the new laptop that you're going to get. And I'm I'm sorry you don't have all your data and all that sort of stuff. It's it's a real pain. But it was an it interesting is. story to talk about. I enjoyed that with the the whole webcam and seeing someone in your house from work. <laughs> Very interesting. It was it was actually fun at the time. So you're not the only one that enjoyed it. 
<laughs> Until the adrenaline wore off. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it just goes to show, you know, doing something that's, you know, just a, a bit geeky and for the hell of it, because you've got some old stuff lying around, exactly. can pay off. It can yeah. indeed. Brett, I'd like to thank you for being my co-host once again. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right, and thank you to everyone listening out there on the internet. We'll see you all again next week. In the meantime, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.